0: others in this episode we <laughs> Everyone <it>. else. man <laughs> season 6 in
1: the bag i know we always say we don't know how to talk about this but i feel like more so than normal i literally don't know how to talk about this episode
2: I feel like the exact the exact opposite. When it was over, I didn't speak to anyone in the room. I, I was thinking to myself, "This he is just texted big... us. This is be... said, we need to record right now.' <laughs> okay. This is going to be the easiest episode of the podcast to record because that was the greatest episode of television. Might might
0: have been the greatest thing. I think just the the harder thing is where do we start?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not trying to formulate words around what we actually saw, but I'm a little bit disappointed, Hannah. I can't tease you anymore and say. Hey, we're halfway through the season. I know. (laughs) Three episodes to go. (laughs) One episode to go. It's
1: actually over. It's
0: over. You've made it through. You survived a full Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones season. Where's the t-shirt? I need the t-shirt.
2: And to everybody tweeting, lighting up the internet tonight, you survived season six and following along with us. Thank you. Thank you for sticking around this long.
3: Catching that episode in real time as it aired, as it surpassed. The, uh, what was then the nine o'clock hour as well, and just kept going, uh, with many scenes and many endings to come past the hour mark. I was just even more enamored and in awe of what these showrunners and creators and producers have been able to to accomplish, uh, not only with this finale, but with this season. Uh, it was, it was, it's a masterwork.
0: It's very well, well conceived. I have to say, on the, on the part of Ramin Jawadi, an amazing job throughout. Oh, this incredible! this entire Unreal. episode from really the first moment all the way through the end, but just the whole sequence in King's Landing in the Sept of Baylor. incredible, uh, was just unbelievable. And then at the end, that music coming back, the Reigns of Castamir subtly playing underneath Cersei taking the throne. I just thought it was was really really well done. Powerful. And please fucking clap for Miguel Sapochnik again
2: for destroying.
1: Seriously. I mean, it was, inc- I mean, incredible.
3: <laughs> Certain shots this episode will haunt me. Will stay with me forever. The
2: window Tommen. Uh, that Tommen is looking at. Yeah. That, that was ha- incredible.
1: That was so uh, good.
2: <laughs> that was incredible. I thought we were getting an extended look for the emotion
0: of what devastation has just struck the capital. Yeah. And, then, yeah.
1: and then he just stands up and jumps out. Unbelievable.
0: Somewhat ironic that going back to episode one of season one Bran gets pushed out of a window Tommen and jumps, jumps out, of a window. out of a window. Just falls. <laughs> Tips.
1: Doesn't even Both miss a Cersei's beat.
3: fault. Oh I'm sorry did I call her Cersei? I meant uh, you know Queen of the Andals <laughs> and uh, first of her name and uh, Kyra Lord cut Protector. the title
0: short a little bit.
3: Well, you know, timing. They were at that point at like uh, 67 minutes.
1: Right. He doesn't his um, business to worry about. He doesn't have time to memorize titles.
3: (laughs) It's, you know, I don't think Jamie keeping on that. uh, Jamie survived. He survived. Okay. What a relief, right? Yes. That's (laughs) a no. That's Yes. yes,
2: (laughs) um. Rod survived. Yes.
3: (laughs) Well, it's it's just so nice that Arya let everyone leave the castle first before turning into Mrs. Lovett, and uh, you know she she did not include Jamie Lannister in, in the feast, so that's great. Fantastic. But that look he was giving Cersei, what do you think it meant? Uh, he's clearly a little concerned. i I'd, I'd say more than a little concerned
2: that she is still on her power trip. Well, he returned home and she was
0: being sworn in. I think he's a little concerned, yeah. If if not the look he gave when they first arrived overlooking the city, then certainly when he arrived in the throne room and saw her being sworn in, as Zach said. Uh, during the episode, we tweeted out that on a scale of uh, one to King Eris, she is pretty damn batshit crazy.
3: I saw that, yeah. You love that phrase. You love that and the uh, crazier well, than a shit is house
0: rat one. Crazier than a shit house rat. Yeah.
3: Both both would apply I think Cersei has effectively we we kind of guessed at this but I, I think none of us could have seen exactly how straightforward the path ahead was uh for Cersei like she basically assumes the the throne now and that is Nobody questions that or is at the moment. It's just, there's something funny to me about uh, sitting in an audience of your peers who you actually just like basically killed uh, or tried to kill by blowing up the city with wildfire. Um, It it was somehow limited to the sept, right? Granted, maybe the the next corner office blocks uh, or so, but uh, still, like. The the realm should hate her, and uh, more people. I don't know. I I just see that as being more of a more safely a closed ceremony sort of thing.
1: They should fear her.
2: That's yeah.
1: I mean, they gotta fall in line. They have no choice. Yep. I mean, if looking, you see the look on her face. You see the outfit that she's wearing, which I was very into, and what she just did with the wildfire. I mean, who can go up against Cersei if half of King's Landing couldn't defeat her? If the if the gods couldn't defeat her.
2: Well, from the south, we have the Dornish, the Tyrells, <laughs> the Targaryens, and the Greyjoys. Uh, and from the north, we have the White Walkers, and we have the north <laughs> united under the Wolf of Stark again. So, the <laughs> White Wolf. The White Wolf. The White
1: Wolf. Did anyone else have tears in their eyes while everyone was chanting? King in the North.
0: <laughs> one, no, I, <laughs>
1: what a moment.
0: It was. It was a very proud moment. And I think it was, was very a, well orchestrated by Peter Baelish.
3: <laughs> well, orchestrated to a point, right? He, he kind of... That look that he shared with Sansa is not uh, a happy It was kind look. of like
0: I told
2: you so. I told you right? this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He you don't think he had hitting, a hand in it, though? It's possible.
1: I, I think he wanted Sansa to the Queen of the North or he wanted Sansa to marry him so that they could have the North. I don't think he wanted John to have the North.
3: No, but he wants to prove, I think, that it's a boys' club. And uh, I I think Sansa, the message was clearly received and uh, I think she's going to continue to be at odds with John. Unfortunately, my least favorite subplot of this season, uh, you know, it looks like it will carry over and I can see the importance for it. Uh, Sansa is a ruler in her own right. She's a badass and... She's she's in the game just like Danny just like the Dornish just like uh, the remaining survivors.
2: Did anyone else see Cersei's outfit? Yeah.
3: Yes.
1: It's incredible.
3: Did
2: you see those shoulder epaulets that were fantastically wrought?
1: And then with that crown on her head.
2: Those wow. images, those shots where she stood there and it's going to be infinitely screenshotted and posted and spread around the internet like that wildfire spread around the Sept of <laughs> Baelor in this episode. Wow, what a Just unbelievable uh, rise, unlikely rise, uh, just in one fell swoop, just dominating our opponents. That whole sequence with Jawadi's The Light of the Seven playing and the different movements, um, it was just uh, with the children running parallel to what was happening inside of the Sept of Baylor, it was, uh, I don't know, like from start to finish, this finale destroyed. But when Sam walked into that library in the Citadel. (laughs) I just, uh, I think in that moment, I realized that this series not only took a step forward in season six, but will continue to just raise the collective bar and epicness uh, in the wars to come. I, I got to
3: say that scene is definitely a contender for multiple owns, the sheer vastness alone. And for me, it gave me the most hope that there are so many areas Mm -hmm. in the seven kingdoms left unexplored. Um, that that to me is 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 the biggest takeaway.
1: Well, and it felt like a moment of reprieve between after everything that we've seen in King's Landing, and we catch a moment of the phrase. Not sure what's going to happen there yet. to Be able to see Sam, and his face light up in front of his <laughs> lifelong dream.
2: He's like that thing's from the opening sequence. That thing that
3: flies. <laughs> yeah. What an awkward <laughs> hotel check in. Like that was. We'd so like a room cool. for three, please. No women and girls, or no women and children. I, I, I don't know. I want more of that
0: scene, and I want it yesterday. Yeah, was that was really of him great in that mm-hmm. scene. Honestly, I thought somebody was going to jump out from behind the bookcase and just end Samuel the Tarly artist. right then and there.
1: <laughs> Mike is just on the Twenty four seven.
0: Yeah, no. Same thing for Tyrion, and when he was talking with Danny, and he had already uh, clearly made Dario upset. I thought Tyrion could be in some trouble. But mm. I, hey, would you honestly feel any differently given how the episode started? I mean. We lost everyone. Seventy-five percent of the Tyrell clan in <laughs> one fell swoop. We lost two Lannisters and a High Sparrow and a Partridge and a Pear Tree. You know, it's like everybody gone in an instant.
1: I am really sad to see Marjorie gone. Um, I think out of everybody in King's Landing, which is probably a given, but out of everybody in King's Landing who's gone, um, Marjorie to me is really sad especially we see her smart enough telling everyone try to leave and she's like we have to get out of here and she's trying to get out of there and she can't and they're keeping her inside and she knows and to have her go out like that um i just loved her character i love to watch her play the game and so it's too bad
2: yeah they barred themselves in yeah just blatantly yeah yeah i mean there's so much uh there's a lot of substance there, the nuance with uh, the High Sparrow and his decisions. And re- honestly, it reminds me a lot of, of Cersei's rise to power. And uh, I think that she realized that you have to really shift things around and submit in particular ways in order to get to the point that she got to and kind of eat crow for a while or eat White Raven for a while until it, uh, you know, the moment arises where you can strike like she did. And that was her decision. And it was absolute. The only casualty was her son which that was you know like obvi- that was her fault because she wasn't there for him when it all fell down and which she definitely yeah. should have been if, if 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 that was the move if if you're going to do that to his wife and to uh, a collective leadership of his kingdom a child and the mother's not going to be there I mean <laughs> who was he going to talk to is he going to talk to Gregor Clegane and see consolation and maybe get some thoughts. I don't know. That was, yeah, I didn't see that coming. That was really, it was really that odd was to bummer. me.
0: I wasn't sure how it was all necessarily going to play out because in the opening sequences, you see them all getting dressed, getting prepared for the various scenes that are about to take place. And you wonder is something poisoned is, is something amiss amongst all the different things that are taking place. And I really thought that it was odd that she didn't go to Tommen immediately after she had the foresight to keep him from going to the Sept with the mountain, but then doesn't do any follow up. And of course, he sees what happens and his reaction is to take his own life. So I wonder, though, if she knew that that could possibly be the outcome. And if the prophecy that she had heard influenced that in any way, now we see her later in the episode clearly distraught, but she has a very clear plan for what is to be done with him. And so that's why part of me wonders if she knew this was inevitable. And so her intent of this plan was always for her to sit the Iron Throne. Right. like she, She wrote him off. I
3: still think that that look a couple episodes ago was her realizing that he had fallen and she would have to write him off. I think she embraced the prophecy essentially. Um, Right. Again, not that, not that she caused him to, to, to die. She deliberately kept him safe, but that he would also do that, uh, you know, be it that he was crestfallen, be it that everything he thought he was the ruler of had just been destroyed or taken from him. Maybe it was a giant middle finger to his mom, who was clearly the person who did it and was like, Hey, you won't, you won't own me. You won't control me. Maybe that was it. But, you know, it's, it's such a, an interesting end for, for that character. And I love it because I just could only circle through my mind, all of his enemies and like all the ways in which he had no claim to the throne and all the ways in which he could die horribly. And in the end, he, they, it was something like a uh, sort of poetic or by his own at, at the very least by his own, uh, hand. So that was unexpected. And I'm, I'm very pleased with it.
0: How about the fact that in many ways, she succeeded where the Mad King failed. And I think when that moment between Jamie and Cersei happens at the end of the episode, part of me wonders if Jamie is thinking to himself that he has failed yet again, even though the first time we know that he succeeded, right? It's always been deemed as a failure because he is looked at to be a Kingslayer. But him being the Kingslayer, and even gets mentioned in the conversation with Walder Frey, and you could tell Jamie's reaction was not a good one uh, when Walder did bring that up. It's just the fact that his sister has now done exactly what he was trying to prevent happening all those years ago makes me mm-hmm. think that he is going to definitely be the one that ends up killing Cersei. I agree. There's too much I Aris agree. I think that in her. the
1: fact that he... I think that he, like you said, knows better than anybody else what she's capable of and, and if she's capable of what she's just done there's no stopping her and so I totally agree. I think that that theory only in my mind was strengthened after that look exchange between the two of them. And I think I've been waiting for book Jamie, like you know the the rift between, there's more of a rift between Cersei and Jamie in the book. I think we've been waiting for that in the show a little bit um, and I think that This strengthens that as well.
2: She's the Queen of the Ashes right now. I mean, not yet, but I feel like it's (laughs) it's headed in that direction. This episode was full of of just gaspingly oh this moments. Just the Sept of Baylor I mean, so many people died in that scene that it was hard to mourn the loss of Mace Tyrell. Or it was hard to to mourn the loss of Marjorie or Loris or Kevin Lannister, or countless nobles that, that filled the Sept of Baylor. And the implications far-reaching of a Cersei-guided Iron Throne. I mean, it'd be it'd be a different world if the White Walkers weren't on the way. It'd be a different world if Daenerys weren't so
0: absolutely on her way. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and it's just amazing to me. I mean, she blew up the fucking Sept of <laughs> Baelor yeah. and everybody inside <laughs> it and even some people outside of it. So, who knows if Marjorie and Loris and any of them were able to actually escape, even get outside? I they don't probably think weren't so. safe.
1: I don't think so. Yeah. There's no way. And I want to
0: know how Kyburn was able to get away with no effects at all, right? I mean, unless he has like a hidden bunker somewhere, he was pretty close to the action. I don't think that Lancel got too far away from where he was with Pycelle. And I mean, I actually, I felt bad for Pycelle, uh, in that moment. And mm. look, he got a little bit of something, something before he, so, so, you know, he got sent off in not so bad <laughs> way. Right. I mean, it was kind of a <laughs> throwback to the Ross scene that he had a couple of, uh, seasons ago. Uh, but I was, yeah, obviously very, very close in i don't I don't know how spoilery we want to get with a dance with dragons in terms of how the epilogue plays itself out, but they basically took Picel and made him Kevin Lannister, uh even though Picel does get knocked off, but it's by a different character so uh I, th- that to me was just such a deranged type of scene where you have these children. Uh.
2: Pull hammering out his him. just
0: hammering him and just mm-hmm. hacking him to pieces. And Kyburn's just kind of cool standing in the corner with his candy. Uh, uh, and... Where's
3: the, where are their parents? <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's the orphans. But as Kyburn mentioned, I mean, this was really the fall of the old guard. And now this new guard is going to rise up in place, even though it's kind of headed by somebody who was part of the old guard in Cersei. And it's a totally different kind of guard as well. This is,
2: a dictatorship on fear alone, and I think that's where Eris was headed. But I feel like there's always been a collection of heraldry in Westeros. And if we're talking about Planetos at large, I know that the histories are deep and there are many, many scenarios not too far removed from the current point in time that the the realm has been in chaos before. But I'm thinking about Tyrion Lannister as Hand of the Queen on a ship Alongside the Dornish, alongside the Tyrells, alongside Daenerys and the Targaryens, alongside uh, three dragons and the Greyjoys, I'm trying to think of the scale of what's happening with the White Walkers coming, with the North rallied around a new king. It's, uh, I mean, it's this. I think that what Kyburn said wasn't limited to King's Landing. It's huge right. what's happening. I, yeah. I think that this may go down as one of the uh, this may go down as the most historic time uh, in Planetos. Just crazy. Do
3: you think that uh, Cersei's reign will be a godless one uh, since she very clearly stated where she stands on the whole gods thing?
0: Yes. You mean her combo with the Septa? Uh well, there's that <laughs> yeah,
1: when she uh, says what's his name is her god now?
0: That was there's, the scariest scene. That.
2: Uh, uh, Yeah,
1: <laughs> Cersei chanting shame. Whew.
2: Unbelievable how good that was, though. <laughs> he takes off his helmet and just stands over. She's screaming because there's a dead monster standing above him. Yeah, her abomination, an
3: absolute My something God. that should not exist in a world that is just and fair. You know, in the end, was it pride that killed the high sparrow? Was it? Was he so certain that she would show up, or that he was? uh so powerful in the end because they could just judge Cersei without her needing to be there. He was so blind by what was I think very, should have been very clear to the beginning. What what in the end caused his, his his fall? It was pride, wasn't it?
1: I think that you're right there, especially when we look at Marjorie's actions. I mean he's had so many wins, I guess you could say, over the course of this entire season. It's hard to it's probably hard for him to imagine things going another way
2: i think you're right eric it was he was so sure of the situation there was no way that it could possibly everyone was there the seven (laughs) judges were there loris had just gotten carved it's time for cersei to get her due marjorie's on my side look at this
0: yeah and you could tell how well orchestrated loris's speech was based on what marjorie told him to say i mean at least that's what I took away from I think it. so too. Mm-hmm. She was the master planner, manipulating the situation to her advantage, both with her brother as well as with the High Sparrow. And she probably would have been able to effectively play her cards the way that she wanted to and have it all fall in line with what she wanted to have happen had Cersei not countered her and had a bunch of wildfire set off underneath the Sept of Baelor.
1: I think that's why I'm so bummed about the fact that she is gone because I, exactly to your point, Micah, she, she this whole time has had, she's understood what's happening and she's had almost the upper hand in, in terms of the long game. And so to go out that way instead of us being able to watch her come out of this horrible situation on top is something I was like, hoped for or was excited about. And so, um, it's too bad.
0: And now, you sort of get a complete 180 from where things were just a couple seasons ago, right? We ended with the Red Wedding and the Starks being on the low end of the totem pole. But now I feel like things have completely flipped around and the Lannisters are on the low end of the totem pole because, quite honestly, they don't have any allies. Like you said earlier, is ruling right now through fear. But when you look at the fact that The North has now rallied all together, and Walder Frey has been killed, and Daenerys, the Greyjoys, Dorne, and Highgarden have come together in an alliance. What's left for the Lannisters? I mean, Jaime and Cersei, that's it, but... There's there's no alliances there that we're aware of. There's nowhere else that they can turn for support. And would would Jaime support Cersei's bid
3: for more power, more support? Would he ride on his horse and go get more allies?
2: It's a it's a it's a question. Um, who are those allies? I don't know what they could promise. Honestly, with with the threat, mm-hmm. I mean, let's call them a threat. But with you know the cavalry coming in like it is so powerfully, she mm-hmm. has three full grown dragons, or at least mostly grown dragons, flying mm-hmm. alongside her impenetrable force Yep, uh, they can hold the city down you know they can put walls up and if they have the men build the three whores again and try to fight uh, just uh, for what though To like I said to rule the ashes of, of what's going uh, it's just uh,
3: oh yeah what? I mean presumably there's there's Lannister men in Casterly Rock but they're so far away and I think the dragon's gonna get there first it just looks bleak this is a good episode guys I know we made it this far without talking about Tower of Joy. I can't believe it. (laughs) Well, so that happened.
1: (laughs) So that happened finally. This
3: this episode (laughs) episode is all one long. So that happened. They still there was still a little bit of whispering going on, but I managed to catch some of the dialogue. You know, if Robert finds out, you know, he will. You have to protect him. Can we say finally, definitively that R plus L equals J at this point? Can we? now finally at last
1: i think so i, think I gotta say though to say. the fact that 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 was whispered i was like are you serious like we're in this moment <laughs> i want you to say it out loud and it was a very cool shot to see the with your the baby rattle. i know it mm-hmm. was cool to see see the baby whatever transformer to john between that shot which is very cool um, I just wanted so badly for them to, I don't know what I was expecting for them to say,
0: what's his name?
1: Yeah. John. <laughs> to say John
0: name him John. Know,
1: <laughs> I don't know what I was, could have expected differently, but at first I was like, are you serious? Like finally we're getting confirmation of this theory that we've been thinking about and talking about for years and. I just want someone to just say it. I just want R plus L equals J to flash on my screen. I don't know.
2: I I saw (laughs) John after that, it switched to him from the baby's face in a completely different way from that moment forward. I think we, and we, we, we've known and we've guessed and R plus L equals J has been an equation around longer than our podcast, but there's just getting, like you said, the verification of it, but also just seeing it. I just felt like I, wasn't a dream sort of sequence while that was happening. I know that's mm-hmm. dramatic, but um, when he walks into uh, the chamber and she's bloody and she's obviously just given birth, I mean from that moment, we knew, right? That the bastard he took home wasn't wasn't his. His. And we, Absolutely. I mean, it, it wasn't a bastard. You could say it was a bastard, but I think Rhaegar and Lyanna were in love and I think that John is John Targaryen and I think that there's a Targaryen in the north, and I think that there's a Targaryen coming uh, to the south, and um, I think that might be what it takes to destroy uh, the evil coming from the north. I don't I don't know.
1: And to go from that scene straight into Winterfell and everyone chanting King of the North, I thought was so cool.
0: Um, very, <laughs> I'm just going to cool. go right out there and say I'm going to give my own to Lyanna Mormont. <laughs> No. <laughs> we have to. I'm not even going to hold it back. I'm not even going to hold it back. And, the, and not that only right? that, but the the writing, such that you go from Liana Stark to Liana Mormont, mm. was really well done. That's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I didn't want John to be selected for King in the North, though. Did you guys?
0: No, he
3: mm-hmm. shouldn't I have didn't been want that to happen. He should have been like, ah. Oh, Ladies, please, you know, it's, uh, my sister's right here. She's, she's, I'm not fit to rule.
2: Um, I thought that's what he was going to do, or at least, I don't know. At, at some point I can realize that that's not what was going to happen, I, but.
3: Right, right, right. Well, and we saw him have a little opportunity to still, you know, pass judgment with the scene with Davos and Melisandre as well. He is still clearly interested in having some power over the forces that that come he's still interested in fighting that fight i think that everyone's proclamations for him took him by surprise i think it took everyone by surprise but you can't sort of help but begin to love it uh once you get that sort of fervor uh in a room and you have these men like lord glover apologizing or you know kind of weaseling out of a real apology, but just sort of declaring for you. It's, it's very,
2: uh, contagious, the mood. Mm -hmm. Did it not sound heartfelt though? didn't it feel, I felt, I think what you, your point is exactly what I, I think that people so wholeheartedly after all that has happened, truly felt, I think even more so than what was going on with Rob. Like after all all of the injustice and all of the suffering mm-hmm. and with winter th- upon them, I think that they truly felt pull out our fucking swords, that is the king.
1: <laughs> well, that's what they need in the North is a rallying point like John. And you look at as we've been saying a million times since the dawn of time, you look at what's gonna come from the far north, and we the North hasn't had somebody like John. And if regardless of who we think should be
3: Since sitting then. in that chair. Yeah.
1: I think that if they're going to rally behind John, I think it would not be smart of him to try to pass that off to somebody else. Um,
2: especially well, yeah, right moment, now. Yeah, that wouldn't have made any sense. Does Sansa yeah. not also rule if John rules? Because I don't think that yeah. he's interested in, in a split chair. He made it clear. That it's, they If they hadn't had that conversation on the battlements, I think there could be a tease of an argument there that they're going to be at odds. But after she knows his true intention and we know because they made sure to put that scene in, I I was rooting for Sansa because I wanted Sansa to be the queen of the North. Um, This ended up happening. But as far as logistics are concerned, Sansa could have reason to be bothered, but she doesn't strike me as the person to care if her name is the name that's written on the trophy. You know, she's still a Stark and Winterfell. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it really depends Exactly. On Littlefinger's twist. And is Littlefinger's hold strong enough to make her angry at her brother? Because while this is all happening, that threat from the north really is coming. It really is yeah. on its way. So they're really going to have to figure out what like so how long will this will this happen? This this struggle between them, if it does happen, uh, how long will it last? And um it really I guess it just comes down to how strong Littlefinger's hold is on Sansa. And it's annoying that it's there. Yeah. But this is just this is how it happened. This is how the
0: story shook out. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about it a number of times, but she is definitely going to end up being his undoing in some capacity, just based oh, on how, how these yeah. scenes between the two of them were playing themselves out. And she now clearly has the upper hand, whereas, at least in the last season, maybe even going back two seasons, he had the upper hand. I think the balance of power has kind of shifted in her direction now. Well, with Varys now... Completely tied in with Daenerys, uh, a Targaryen.
2: It's going to be difficult for Littlefinger to travel south and make an arrangement with Daenerys in the first place. But with Varys there, it's even more difficult. So, with the Knights of the Veil now declared for the Starks in Winterfell, I think he for the her point about him changing is very true. But I think right now he sort of has to hang around unless he wants to declare with the White Walkers. Because right, what better I mean, option does he have? did you go to go to King's Landing and continue things with Darth
3: Cersei I don't know. Uh yeah, no. And and Littlefinger really laid himself bare to Sansa. Again, he showed sort of all his cards and that's something that is so stupid to do. Um but it but it it was great. It was absolutely what Sansa, I mean, Sansa has all the tools she needs to destroy him. Uh, she just needs to decide that that's something that she wants to do.
1: I love him going in to kiss her and she like pushes him away. <laughs> yes. Better than uh, a dagger. He he getting a dagger. Yeah, it's a
3: pretty picture. <laughs> a dagger yeah.
1: would have been excellent. But I think that we've talked about the way Sansa and we still don't know the answer to this, but the way that Sansa reacts to Littlefinger, it's going to say so much about who she is and who she's been this season when we've been confused. And so in that moment, That gave me confidence that while Littlefinger probably does have a bit of a hold on her, I think that she is thrilled to be back in Winterfell. And I think that, like John said, she and John have to trust each other. And hopefully that that is going to be strong enough to keep Littlefinger far enough out to have any real influence.
3: I mean, uh, Sansa herself said, you've declared for other houses before, Lord Baelish. It's never stopped you from serving yourself. She's got his number. He just came up to her and said uh, that his only dream, his biggest wish is me on the Iron Throne and you by my side. It's it's so he's so done. He's done. He's absolutely done right now. Sansa should end it. He's Uh, done. He's done. He's over with. He uh, he has no, you know, it's uh, once you reveal your motivations, you die. You have nothing left to uh, to hide or conceal. I think his days are numbered, especially with Varus, where he is. don't know if you guys agree.
0: Varus definitely seems to have
2: chosen the uh, better of the when two he sat- teams, at least for right now. We did get to see Wyman Manderly, though. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, Finally, I know you're pleased about that.
0: Well, we had heard that he'd been cast. I was, like, well, I was surprised he wasn't eating. Yeah, usually. Uh, well, he was actually in better shape, I think, than most of us anticipated, <laughs> given his description in the books.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, but
0: that, that was cool.
2: Today's episode of Game of Bones is brought to you by Harry's. I was at a business conference
3: earlier this week, and I needed a close shave. Harry's provided. I was being uh, viewed with close scrutiny among a uh, jury of my peers, and uh, let me tell you, it was very—I was very pleased to have the Truman set packed in my carry-on. I love the shaving cream. I love the razors. I love the aftershave. It all adds up to a suave looking me that I haven't seen in (laughs) years. You are a very suave man, Eric. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Well, I could be suave again. (laughs) I actually have to shave now regularly. So uh,
0: it's pretty good that I have the Truman set. Harry's makes just one razor with all you need for a close, comfortable shave. Five German crafted blades, flex hinge, and lubricating strip. The quality is guaranteed and a full refund if you're not happy.
2: Harry sent each of us the Truman kit, and that's what Eric is carrying now to all of his business conferences, to all of his fantasy sci-fi conferences that we're traveling to for the summer. (laughs) That's true, too. And because of Harry's sponsoring this episode of the podcast, Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase. That means the Truman set, which was originally $15, is now $10.
1: Go to harrys.com right now and look for the Truman set. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. You can enter the code OWNS at checkout to get the $5 off and help support the show.
0: Stop compromising.
3: Give Harry's a try today. This episode of Game of Owns is also sponsored by USA Network's Mr. Robot, which on July 13th returns for a second season. Mr. Robot is the 2015 Peabody Award and Critics' Choice Award winner, starring Golden Globe and SAG Award nominee Rami Malek. And Golden Globe Award winner, Christian
2: Slater. Christian Slater. Christian Slater.
3: That's right, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Christian Slater on a television show that sponsors your favorite Game of Thrones podcast. Please Mm -hmm. tell me what could
0: be better.
1: Could we be more hype?
0: Mr. Robot follows Elliot, a cybersecurity engineer by day and vigilante hacker by night, who follows a mysterious leader to join hacker group F Society. They put their skills to the test in taking down E-Corp, a giant conglomerate that owns the whole world's personal and banking information. But when they pull off the hack, they quickly realize that they had no idea what they were getting into. Excited yet? Hmm?
1: Now that we have nothing else to watch. (laughs) (laughs) We (laughs) all need a new TV show.
3: Mr. Robot is full of stellar acting, and it's one of the most uniquely shot TV shows around. I think we know a couple more of those, Uh, at least one more. Which has now ended. So season two beginning, it could not have come at a better time. Mister Robot season two comes Wednesday,
2: July thirteenth at ten nine central on USA Network. The official digital companion experience for Mister Robot is at WhoIsMrRobot.com, and we thank Mister Robot for sponsoring Game of Owns. Own to you, Mister Robot. I don't really know how to like. Do we need like? Do we even have to move on, or can we just say again that that was a cool scene? The feels were real. That was a cool scene. You know, when they were shouting and chanting that at Jon Snow, I mean, he's been picked for stuff before. So good. It was just good. <laughs> it was just really, really good. Really, really good.
1: We've been waiting so long for Winterfell to be back in the hands of the Starks, and finally.
0: And hopefully, Bran makes his way there at some point. Though I'm not sure he's leaving that Werewitch tree anytime soon. <laughs> well, I, I, okay. I just Benchim. I didn't understand that. Take your horse. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, he took the horse. I was like, "How is Mira going to drag him wherever they have to go next?" How rude is wall. that? I bet Benjy could find another horse.
2: <laughs> I mean, if it was the elk, I'd understand, like, but that was luck. kind of fucked up,
0: Benny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me drop you off here. I'll be on my merry way. You right,
0: guys. So I don't. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. They're not exactly at the wall yet, right?
2: I I could see the wall in the distance. They're at the weirwood tree that. The Night's Watch swears in front of. Mm -hmm. I assumed it was sort of uh, analogous to the Black
3: Gate uh, that they were going to, you know, that mouth was going to open up and they were going to go through the wall, sort of
0: maybe crawling.
3: (laughs) Yeah, like Swallowbrand, exactly, like uh, in Mario
2: Brothers 2. Well, can the Three-Eyed Raven cross through there, or is it truly only a member of the Night's Watch? Ah, that's a good question. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe they'll have to swear
3: their vows, (laughs) take the vows first (laughs) uh, before going...
0: I don't and know. What about the protection though? That that's what had me interested when Benjen was talking about this magical protection that exists. Does this mean that he has left Bran and Mira in a safe space where the Night King cannot penetrate and and attack him?
1: I don't know. I don't feel confident in Bran being safe from the Night's King anywhere.
0: Well, after he was touched that
2: change things at the tree but that could have been because he was warging from the tree and Benjamin did specifically mention that at the foundation of the wall old magic and it's very strong but is that also moot if Bran crosses the wall I think is, is another pretty big question right it's going to be a powerful mark because it's a big big and long wall so cancel out all that magic <laughs> so a lot of questions there
0: yeah I was going to say that left me with a lot of questions just because you're leaving Bran here. Clearly, it's not just to touch the tree and have one vision about the Tower of Joy that should have been completed yeah, a couple was of episodes convenient. ago. Just, <laughs> right. just leave him there.
1: <laughs> well, he can't move anyway, so I don't know but how near it's going to drag truth, him.
0: Right? He knows the truth about John, so now what does he do with that information? Uh, yeah. goes and, Goes and tells him probably. It's a good question for our follow up episode.
2: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, if. If the Targaryens are as grand as they thought they were uh, in the days of old Valyria, you know, and they could be part of the key to cancel out what the children created. I don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of
0: lore there that we'll get into, I'm sure, more in our next episode. And speaking of uh, going places, what about Melisandre? Where's she going?
1: Yeah.
2: Deepwood Mott. (laughs) To chill? Somewhere. I mean, it's. I know that she has the Lord's light to keep her warm, but yeah, you know she' gonna hunt. She's off to she's off to meet up with Arya, like she told her she would. Yeah, and the Hound. Yeah, and the
3: Brotherhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, she's, she's going to continue. I think she, shit. She's going to continue fighting the. She's <laughs> going to fight the good fight, just far away from Davos. And Davos is yeah, li- li- uh, belated rage. Let's just call it belated rage. Sorry, Davos. I love you, buddy. Um. They finally had the luxury of Davos getting angry. He finally had the luxury of finally getting so angry and in seeking that scene. justice. It was, he was great. Real. He shouted. Yeah. He threw things. His expression Tears his was just eyes. incredible. Yeah. yeah.
1: I thought that that was really really cool. I think that that was emotion from Davos that we haven't been able to see very often,
2: if at all. Well, like in the the in in Bravos when he was talking with the bankers, he really stood up for Stannis. But
3: yeah. I think he respects John's banishing of Melisandre the same way that he would respect any judgment of Stannis's. Um, As for being fair, I'm not 100% on that. I'll have to rewatch. But uh, it it just seemed like he he wasn't still crying for blood uh, after John sort of passed his, his sentence. So that leads me to believe that Davos and John are still okay. But ultimately, it's the promise that they're not going to fall into the same trap of burning children alive uh, and, you know, in order to produce results. That era is done. And as far as Davos is concerned, he's prevented that from becoming this new this new order.
0: Um, so good for him, you know? Exactly. I mean, if I was Lady Mormon, I would be concerned <laughs> if she was still hanging around. <laughs> She burns children. Yeah, it's a get thing. Gonna burn Leona. No, she doesn't just burn children. I mean, she burns.
2: She burns everyone, everybody. equally. She's an equal opportunity mm-hmm. incinerator. An incinerator. <laughs> right. But
0: I, I thought it was very telling that she said that she she was wrong. I mean, she was. She mm-hmm. said she didn't lie. Yeah. She was wrong, and I think mm-hmm. that that you know it, it's in a way it's kind of a deevolution of her character, and and we do get a perspective from her in the books, but. It it humanizes her a bit, even though we know she's not really all that human uh, based on mm-hmm. what we saw earlier this season. Or is she more human but than we are? Just a better human. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's definitely older. Like,
2: all right. Sorry. <laughs> like 800 years older.
0: Uh, but yeah, look, I, I mean, I think it just shows that she's fallible, right? And maybe now she has it right. and. Those people that she's trying to help are pushing her away, and it's going to be to their detriment at some point. Maybe she'll join the sisterhood.
2: I mean, the brotherhood. <laughs> Her and Arya <laughs> could start the sisterhood. The sisterhood. Oh God! The Ghost of High Heart joins Arya, Melisandra. We do need some ghosts of High Heart. You know what I'm saying? Six. They've cleared up the budget enough. When the White Fang comes out of hiding and joins
3: Lady Stoneworth, Lady world Stoneheart. Out there, So yeah, we need some of the jesters to come back, and now we need the uh, Ghost of High Heart and some other creatures that also Ghost. Yeah, ghosts should ghosts should have been there.
1: I was a little surprised that Jon dismissed her so quickly, simply because she brought him back to life. Um, I think that it's within his character to do what he did. But I I was a little surprised that without really thinking much, this woman who brought him back to life and gave him the second chance, yeah. he sent her away so quickly. I I, I don't know. I, I think that that probably says a lot about how he feels about Davos.
2: I think so, too. But
1: she literally brought him back to life and he wouldn't be there without her. And she's given him important counsel so
0: and at davos's command too which is somewhat ironic given this entire situation i mean i'm not quite honestly sold on the storyline because as i mentioned i think in the last week's episode it it's really hard for me to buy into the fact that he went to a pile of rubble in the snow and was able to find this stag you know Mm. layers beneath it and then draws a conclusion that she was burned at the stake. Melisandre was responsible. It's just one of those things that I I think maybe would have been better served following what happened in last season when Melisandre returned to Castle Black and Davos reacts the way that he does to learning about Stannis and Solis and Shireen. And, you know, one thing that Melisandra did do in this episode, too, was put blame on status, put blame on yeah, Celeste. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're said it's not just belonged. my responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, not just yeah. not just my fault. You know, there's others that, that were culpable in this. Maybe they needed to
2: just banish Melisandra and move her toward the Brotherhood. What she's doing. Yeah. Right. If it's the Brotherhood or if it's Arya and the Sisterhood, I don't know the sister. <laughs> I can't get over it. I think that's a great idea.
1: <laughs> I think that that's the nah, new thing. I'm
2: still an honorable member. But the I mean, sisterhood that's, of the traveling faces. <laughs> they're in that general area, though. Middle Westeros. Winter <laughs> yeah. is coming. Sam is an old town. I feel like we've got maybe even more so than ever before. We have some pretty definitive lines that are drawn. Other than Dario staying east, we have basically all of our players in Westeros now for the first time. Ever. Oh mm-hmm. my God. We still have Brienne and Pod rowing somewhere. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Still rowing. And
2: Gendry rowing somewhere. Still rowing. And Jorah riding somewhere. Oh, so Jorah's out east. That's my and mistake. Yeah. Jorah's in the east. Yeah. Yeah. And he matters. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not letting go Jorah Mormont. We're not. No, no, no. Heavens, no. Young so Jorah and Dario.
1: We talked a lot about who we thought was going to stay behind, possibly in Marine. And Dario was not at the top of my list. So that surprised me a little bit. It makes sense, but that surprised me a little bit.
3: I really enjoyed, first of all, everything with Daenerys and Tyrion. Um, but the Daenerys, the Danny letting go, yeah, the Danny letting go of Dario and finding out that it was, in fact, as he guesses, Tyrion's idea, but that, that that's a weak spot for Daenerys um, because she cares about Dario, that she let him go uh, so that he would not be a hostage or so she can have no weaknesses. It's pretty smart. It's pretty smart thinking, and uh, I think Tyrion deserves his new title, his official title, pin included.
2: I felt probably as emotional, if not more, in that scene. I guess you could equate it to the King of the North scene. That was fantastic.
1: They're sitting on the steps, and Tyrion says, how about the fact that this is actually happening? Yes. And that's <laughs> what, I, what I was thinking yeah. while I'm sitting there. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> you
1: and Danny are just sitting on the steps having this chat about how what you're going to do next. And the fact that you're actually heading to Westeros and then she names him hand and,
2: and that was peak Danny.
1: Yeah. That was so cool. And how exactly can you believe this is actually happening? Me? No, I can't.
2: Yeah.
3: That's the kind of sacrifice that makes for a great ruler. If it's any consolation, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These were great. These were great. And, and honestly, actually I felt there was a significant character uh, moment with Danny when she's talking about feeling nothing like letting Tyrion into her heart. She's like, I I let him go. I I felt nothing. And he says he wasn't the first to love you and he won't be the last. Like this is, this is Danny feeling like she might be going down a slope. Like what, what kind of person am I? If I do not love, what kind of person am I, am I, if I don't feel, but I, I think Tyrion is right to try and put her back on balance. Uh, here.
1: They're such so a good I team.
3: Yeah, they're 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 a really great team. They're a power couple. And if he you would says say that he believes that. in her.
2: You know? How touching yeah. was that? Uh and he never believed in anything. He's always kind of shunned the idea and it's almost embarrassing how much he believes in her, but it's just uh Yeah, that was so cool. I
1: that can't wait for him to roll up the King's Landing, the hand of <laughs> Queen Daenerys. <laughs> Right, right Cersei after Cersei, sitting on
2: the Is he flying yeah. into King's Landing or is he rowing on a ship from his bigger ship? What do you think it'll be?
1: Doesn't matter. Well, if he's riding on a dragon, that matters very much. <laughs> it changes the <it laughs>
0: little mind. Bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want them to make up, you know? I know that, I'm probably not possible, but it would be cool to see them make up. Tyrion and Cersei. Yeah. And Jamie.
1: I could see Tyrion being down with that, but I don't. Cersei is so far
2: gone. Yes. The the prospect of Cersei without Tommen, Marcella, Joffrey, Uh. anyone to keep her anchored down, and now having not only that fact, but now she's also the commander. You know, she's in charge. Holy shit. How
3: can it seem like simultaneously she's lost everything and yet gained the one thing that matters most? (laughs) Right. Like, that's pretty cool character development.
1: It's going to be interesting. Like you we were saying earlier, how Jamie is going to actually react because I think that he's probably the last thing that could possibly keep her human and grounded, you know? And I think that if they come at odds, like we think that they, they may be, she's got nothing. I mean, she's got nothing. Literally nothing.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, she is grounded though. Did you hear her speak to Septon She's like, I like this. I like this. Yeah. I so like much. this. Kill my husband. I like having yeah, the mountain good. as a zombie. He's a lot more useful <laughs> and amicable than when he was really the mountain. I like what he's about to do to you. I like all of this. I like my new outfit. The short haircut Even works for me right <laughs> feels now. Good. I like it yeah. all. I mean, she's, could she, this is her at peace, like with herself and, and she has power. Fuck's sake, Cersei. Damn, that's cool. (laughs) But I didn't, you know. She has nothing
0: left to lose. I mean, that's the scariest part is she's lost all of her children. She still has Jamie, but to what extent now? now, Yeah. She's just in a place where she is in complete control, ruling by fear. And who's going to challenge her? That's the real question. And I think that's what makes her the most dangerous.
1: And what's going to happen next?
0: Yeah. What does King's Landing look like? It's it's a year, Hannah. That's how it works. It's presumably Cersei on the throne
3: that Daenerys wants to take. And, you know, she's just, Cersei's so outmatched. And I don't think, I think burning everything down is going to be the card that that Danny now plays. It's not going to be Cersei's to play again. Um, Can she get out of this alive? I doubt it. It'll probably be the shortest reign in all of Westeros history. But it's not, not to say it's not compelling.
2: Yeah, it really is. Meanwhile, mystery, we thought, would get settled or pointed at least further along as the season drew to a close. Um, What's happening with the White Walkers and the Night King and Bran's role? You know? Yeah. That's just so interesting
3: that they didn't need to, they didn't feel the need to hint at something coming from the North, essentially, Um, you know, by showing uh, any of the White Walkers. In fact, the last time they were seen was probably back with uh, maybe Bran's visions. After, yeah. This is this is so the back half of this season has been devoid of them. I worry and wonder, and it ke- keeps me up at night. What are they doing? What are they planning? Uh, how will they get past the wall? Um, You're on, you know, but but it's it's uh, yeah. But there's so there's so many nice. I, I would love that if Euron just declares for the uh, for the for the dead. And, uh, rides some ships up to, uh, the icy shores and, and goes and gets them. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a testament to how much, how many cool character things were going on south of the wall. And to get Bran now going south too, it's, it's, it's such a nice, there were reunions. I even marked, um, Ned and Liana down as a stark reunion, uh, because they had been separated for a while. And I was just thinking, so many cool things are happening in this episode. And, You know, we didn't need any of that Norse stuff. We know it's coming. The doves, for instance, the white, white ravens, man. Winter's here. Just shooting out of the side
2: of the the, the tower.
0: That
3: was all that needed to be said. Winter is here. We are fucked. Father always used (laughs) to say that that was going to happen.
2: Gosh.
1: Yes, I loved that. I loved that exchange between Sansa and John when they both kind of smiled at each other that Winter was finally there.
2: All right. Well, the owns are impossible. Your owns are numerous. I really don't know what to give it to. I I just, this episode was a masterwork. It was a masterwork in writing and yeah. depiction and directing and acting performance across the board. This was fantastic. Thank you so much to those who create this show and continue to rise its popularity. Six seasons in, we're throwing a convention next summer. I know that season seven is going to be fucking nuts just because look at this. Yeah. Look at this shit. Just, I mean, just look
1: at this. <laughs> yeah,
2: Look at this shit. Yeah. Everything
3: between the little throw and catch between Davos and Melisandre. She didn't know what it was, but she caught it. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. here it is. All of it. It was so good. It was so fun. It was
2: so exciting. Oh, thank you. Own to you. All- thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All. But also All. to um old town and the library and sam and his all and wonder uh, i was you
3: <laughs> <laughs> took my own sorry uh, you just, gotta get in there real fast. that was
2: the most epic thing i've ever seen on television that was um, it's incredible true. that was incredible
0: somewhere it's in true. that library is the winds of winter
2: <laughs> um <laughs> why can't harry
3: potter be that good so yeah okay i'm gonna second zach's own i'm gonna go and say own the massive library of old town are there enough decimals in the world to categorize all of those books That was my whole thing is like, well, how are those organized? Uh, And (laughs) also for all of those books are none of them about gender equality because women and children are still not allowed. Fuck off. Like, seriously. Uh, Oh, the maesters. I look so forward to experiencing that place in season
1: seven. Well, I'm going to give my own to the score behind the first 15-20 15-20 minutes of the, the episode all in King's Landing when everyone's dressing for the trial and throughout the whole thing until I guess Tommen jumps out the window um, <laughs> and I then just again felt at like the, the tension that it created and the way that it moved the scene along I thought that the music and the score especially in those moments were beyond incredible and one of my easily one of my favorite scenes Um, In the whole series, so own to that.
0: Nice. And my own, like I said earlier in the episode, goes to Lyanna Mormont for just completely owning all the northern lords and rallying them behind the new king of the north, Jon Snow. You could see both Jon and Sansa were looking at
2: her like, what did we do to deserve this child? Holy wildfire, guys. And we made it through the finale. I holy, wild, believe holy, holy <laughs>
1: this,
3: this has been
2: such a great talk. I was looking forward so much uh, after the episode ended to talk to you guys. Um, thank you again for uh, being my friends and for doing all of this. Like, this, just for doing this together. This is so fun.
1: Man, I'm, like, getting emotional speaking <laughs> about the fact that
2: this Hannah.
0: is... Where we are? Are you getting behind the hashtag Danny kills Cersei two K seventeen?
1: I mean, I guess I gotta get on board. Early? It's a little too early. I'm still warning
0: Cersei two K seventeen. Drogon,
3: yeah, Drogon kills Cersei.
1: I'm still warning. Ghost kills Ollie two K sixteen. So hit me up in a couple nah. months when I'm over that.
0: Where was Ghost? He wasn't in this episode again. I don't know. Just
2: I just feel Being like lazy. that's a that's a with all the good. That's just a blatant. What? Because, you know, John and Ghost are, I know how I Tight. am with my dog, and we're not connected through telepathy. Uh, like, I wish that we were, and sometimes I pretend that we are, but we're not. But John and Ghost are. Why isn't he at the high table,
0: or at least nearby? Yeah. I'm just Can you saying. imagine
1: Ghost sitting next to John while they're all chanting King in the
0: North? Well, I know that uh, we've been getting in a number of Owens, as mentioned earlier, Zach, you had said that they continue to pour in, and I'm sure they will over the course of the next couple of days. Heavens and yes. Uh, there's a number of ways, though, that if you're listening to the show right now and you haven't yet set in your owns, that you can do so. The first is by tweeting at us at Game of Owns. Scroll upon our Facebook wall at facebook.com/slash Game of Owns, or send us an email at contact at gameofowns.com.
2: And we'd like to remind you that Mr. Robot returns for season two on Wednesday, July 13th at 10. Nine Central on USA Network. And the uh, season may have
0: concluded tonight, but uh we will not. We will uh forge on and uh be reading more of the chapters of our read through of A Feast with Dragons. And uh with that being said, it means that you can of course continue to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It is the month of June still, so nothing less than five stars is acceptable when you rate and review the show, and uh, we'll read a few of those reviews on an upcoming episode. Uh, We always like to uh, see what uh, you have to say, and uh, it's great for other people who may be looking for something to uh, listen to about Game of Thrones. Let them know that uh, we exist, so in advance, we of course appreciate you Reading and reviewing the show,
2: and thanks for reviewing us during the season. Yeah, yes, that's obviously mm-hmm. huge. Seriously, we're strapping in for a feast with dragons soon. It's been a break, but it's been a pretty good break. Season six has been pretty awesome, and we get to talk <laughs> about it again on the next episode, and we're gonna go deeper. And we still have owns of the season, which mm. they usually turn out to be like the most fun episodes. I feel like I they're think they do. It's, it's really fun, and you get to oh, tell the yeah. season your owns of the season which i mean that's also very exciting. Atlanta's mocked that.
3: me for years. The stocks mocked me. Where are they now? This is going to
1: be hard.
2: I know. Good problems.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really have
0: problems to have.
1: I'm excited to see what everyone comes up with.
0: And we also have to review our uh our death pools. Oh
1: my gosh, our own <laughs> predictions. Wow. Okay. If one of you can write it and
2: tell me what mine were, I completely don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got mine and I I didn't do so
2: great. I think that's it. I think we're we're gonna go watch the episode again. <laughs> yeah. It's on right now, I'm watching it. <laughs> Thanks for an awesome <laughs> season six. It's been the best.
0: The King of the North.
2: Oh, I was a little yeah. sorry. All
1: right, all right. <laughs> what do you want to say?
2: I'm sorry, I was making a joke about Sam. Please go on. Do
1: you want to make your joke? I'll laugh at it if you want to make your real Sam's quick. Sam's
2: working for John from a distance, but I'm all right. It's, uh... Sorry, I I'm still so hyped for I love this it. episode. <laughs>